This information is subject to a disclaimer at the end of this podcast. Please ensure that you listen to the disclaimer and go to www.ubs.com for further information about UBS. Hi, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to UBS Global Research PodHub, a channel that shares insights from economists, strategists, and equity analysts on the pivotal questions and events shaping today's markets. My name is Natalie Cade, head of UBS China 360, and in this episode, we're going to be taking a look at the impact of women on Chinese consumption. I'm joined by Christine Pung, head of UBS Greater China Consumer Research, and by Sharon Ding, consumer lead for UBS China 360. So Christine, you've just recently published a flagship Q-series report on female consumption in China. To kick us off, maybe you can start by introducing some of the big picture themes that you explore in this report. Thank you, Natalie. Our Q-series report takes a deep dive into how Chinese females may influence consumption spending in the next decade. We believe that the increasing female empowerment and related changes to household structures in China will have a potentially significant impact on the shape of consumption growth going forward. Our regression and scenario analysis allows us to model 3.3 to 5.3 trillion US dollars of household consumption growth by 2030 from these factors alone. In our most optimistic scenario, 80% will be from female income growth, 25% from single person household share increase, and a higher ratio of young females visit mills in education would have a negative 5% impact on household consumption. Thanks, Christine. Um, So you mentioned single-person households there. Um, Maybe, Sharon, if I could come to you. Um, You've been doing a lot of work recently looking at um, the youngest cohort of Chinese consumers, Generation Z. Um, What kind of shifts in attitudes towards marriage are you seeing amongst those younger um, females? And is single-person households, I guess, is something, a trend that's here to stay? Okay. Thanks, Natalie, for the question. Yes, we have seen the shift. I mean, compared to millenniums, Gen Z is even more open-minded towards marriage. To share some data with you, Fudan University study in 2020 shows that only 19% of female Gen Z consider marriage as a must-have, which is 10 percentage point lower than that of female millenniums. Besides, females' must marriage intention in general is much lower than that of males. Only 15% of females considering marriage a must-have, whereas for males, the figure is 41%. I think this echoes very well with Christine's forecast of rising single household in China to reach 25% by 2030 from 19% in 2020. That's really interesting, Sharon. And, and I guess um, a driver of this trend is the rising levels of uh, education amongst Chinese females. Um, Christine, you make a very interesting conclusion um, around this that you, that you just alluded to, um, that the higher ratio of young females to males in education in China is likely to have a small negative impact on consumption growth over the next decade. Can, can you talk us through your analysis? Thank you, Natalie. We think this small negative impact on household consumption means that young women with higher educational attainment were likely to consume with an eye on long-term plannings 
potentially hitting traditional consumer sectors, but benefiting investment. We expect the potential higher allocation of income to investment, an upper trend in female incomes to favor asset management and insurance companies. Another really interesting conclusion you make in your report is that Chinese women are turning uh, conventionally male-oriented consumption, so sectors like beer and autos and property, um, more gender-neutral. Yes, I think that's true. Some of the sectors such as beer, auto properties are traditional male-dominated categories, but we do think females play a much more important role in these areas going forward. For example, beer, we believe that enhanced gender equality in education, improving female status in the workplace, and the women's active role in family spending decision makings could lead to alcoholic drink consumption becoming more gender neutral. In addition, female also agree that they are willing to experience new brands in beer and beer baijiu than the male respondents, according to our consumer survey. Moving on to auto, Traditional, again, this is very much male-dominated category, but we also believe that Chinese women's rising income, education level, and social status will likely to further boost their demand for cars in the next decade. Our view towards properties, we believe the rising single-person household in Chinese families, as well as women's decision to delay their marriage, will benefit the rental market for properties. UBS Evidence Lab survey data also indicates that women have high intention to purchase properties than men. This may suggest long-term support for property demand amid the rise of female purchasing power going forward. So I'd like to dig a little deeper into some of these uh, consumption preference changes that you're describing amongst Chinese women. I I know for the report, you leveraged UBS Evidence Lab to survey, I think, 1,000 female consumers. What did the survey results reveal about how their consumption habits have changed coming out of COVID-19? And and do you think that some of the shifts you're seeing are likely to last long term? So there are many interesting findings in a consumer survey, but I think there are two very interesting findings I would like to highlight to investors are, number one, female consumers continue to care more about health, easily to purchase, rather than traditionally brand and price. Secondly, the focus on domestic brand versus international brand also increased post-COVID because better value for many orientations of the female consumers. Given that UBS Evidence Lab data showed that improved attitudes towards domestic brands across the board, the conversion to domestic brands will likely continue in the coming years in our view. So many of these trends that you're describing, um, I think are are true of Generation Z also. Um, Sharon, based on the work that you've done comparing those two cohorts, uh, what are some of the biggest similarities that you see between Chinese female millennials, which really is where Christine's report kind of zones in on, and then that younger cohort of, of Generation Z? And I know there's some similarities, but there are likely some differences too. So can you talk through what you see as some of the the, the biggest uh, variations that you think investors should be aware of when they think about the different age groups of Chinese women? Okay, thanks, Natalie. We do have some interesting findings. I mean, compared to female millennials who focus more on quality, safety, and ease of purchase, Gen Z actually put more value on brand and origin of product and service. 
whether it is domestic or imported, according to UBS Evidence Lab female survey. Another major generation gap I want to highlight is we have observed that Gen Z, they have much lower brand loyalty. Over 60% of millennials show stronger loyalty to a specific brand compared to only 30% of Gen Z. While this brings opportunity for new brands and products, it also presents challenges in building loyalty among Gen Z. This dynamic has been quite evident in the beauty space, in the makeup category in particular. Um, moreover, China's Gen Z shows stronger willingness to pay for sustainability. To give you a number, 42% of Gen Z we surveyed thinks the cost should be split between consumers and product manufacturers. This is 10 percentage point higher than that of all groups. Our conversations with industry experts suggest that sustainability increasingly matters in China's luxury space. A segment dominated by millennials today, but we have seen growing spending power of female Gen Z. That's great, Sharon. Thank you very much. And thank you, Christine. Um, there's clearly a lot of insights um, in your report, in the Q-Series report, um, that I think investors are going to really enjoy digging into. Thank you for visiting the UBS Research Pod Hub. That was an overview of the impact of women on Chinese consumption with me, Natalie Cade, head of UBS China 360, Christine Pung, head of UBS Greater China Consumer Research, and Sharon Ding, consumer lead for UBS China 360. Tune in again for more investment insights. This content has been prepared by UBS AG, its subsidiaries and or affiliates, and is purely informational in nature. It is not investment research and does not contain an investment recommendation nor investment or professional advice. It is not an offer or solicitation to engage in any investment activity, and you should seek your own financial, tax, and legal advice before engaging in any such activity. UBS has no responsibility to you in relation to this content. It has no regard to your personal circumstances or investment objectives, and receiving it does not imply any form of client relationship with UBS for any legal, regulatory, or tax purpose. This content is not intended for distribution into any jurisdiction where to do so would be contrary to law or regulation. UBS does not accept any liability over the content of such material or reliance upon any information contained herein. The views and opinions expressed by any guest speaker or third party are not those of UBS. Accordingly, UBS does not accept any liability over any such views and opinions expressed by such persons. This content is the valuable intellectual property of UBS, and UBS specifically prohibits the redistribution of it in whole or in part without its prior written permission. Copyright UBS 2021. The key symbol and UBS are among the registered and unregistered trademarks of UBS, all rights reserved.